From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Big and Wild Outdoors, hour number two. We are uh, rocking and rolling here in the studio this morning. Uh, Glenn had to step out in the No, you're first rocking hour. and rolling because you're all jacked up. It's a couple all of jacked Mountain, up Mountain Dew. Okay, I got a couple of me. And uh, uh, Glenn's got his little uh, graduation dealio going on with his youngest daughter today. So uh, we let him, we turned him loose. We took him off the chain and uh, let him get back home so he could go have a Big old party today. Be a good day for it. It's going to be a little cooler temperatures, not much rain in the forecast, so uh, it should be a good day to go out and go shoot arrows at each other. I'm going I'm to I'm step in stunt double today. And jo- so we uh, we brought this skinny kid in <laughs> you gotta here. We went head. to the bullpen. We brought in the uh, closer. <laughs> yeah, we brought in uh, John Brunson from Addicted Outdoors to the Outdoors, and uh, of course, uh, it's actually John and Gina. And uh, she's not here because she's got nine thousand children to hey, take care of. Hey, it's okay. You really don't want to walk in. It's hard to get Gene. It's hard to get Gene out of bed that early if she ain't going to go shoot something. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of shooting something. Oh, by the way, Bill George is here too, and uh, we want to do. Uh, Dennis is uh, calling in. Dennis Polowski, how you doing this morning, Dennis? Dennis. Good morning, guys. How how's, are y'all? How's it going out there, man? Not bad. Not bad at all. I'm heading up to go see Mama. Oh yeah, Mama's Day. Can't forget that, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to take care of mom so I can hang out with my wife tomorrow. Uh, the other mama. Yeah, I got you that. Yeah, right. the other mama. Yeah, so yeah, mama's everywhere. Well, yeah, well, I think we all had one <laughs> uh, somewhere, somehow, <laughs> some way, and uh, thank God for them. But uh, what's going Absolutely. on? In your, what's going on in your life? Uh, you got your uh, Trinity Sportsman's coming up soon. Or? We got our our uh, archer clinics are uh, finally on the books for August. Um, August. And, and now you, you're dropping off. Stop driving so fast. Pull over on the side of the road. Well, I apologize. I'm doing 80 miles an hour. Well, See, maybe not that. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's incriminating evidence. It's all right. He's got lights and sirens. It's going. It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. So, uh, but it's coming up in August. What do you, what do you go for it? Uh, what? August 16th, uh, First Baptist Church, Plant City. Uh, we got the two classes like we normally do, the beginner archery uh, for the little kids and beginner adults. And then we have our bow hunting class uh, uh, starting that same time. And our hunts are already scheduled with um, with Sean over there in Fort Meade. And uh, that'll be September uh, 14th and 15th, I believe. Awesome, man. I know that. Now, see, I, this is kind of like what Hand and Ham we were talking about with uh, John and the fact of getting kids in the outdoors. And God bless you, Dennis. I know you and your, your crew and Glenn getting out there, getting those kids out there and giving them the opportunity, if they choose to, at the end of the uh, classes to go out and go do some hog hunting, man. You know, getting them back out in the woods. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was listening to the show and I said, well, you know what? Time to get give them everybody a call. Let everybody know. Well in advance before football or fall baseball or whatever might happen to maybe put archery on their uh, on their to do list. There you go. Wild equipment. We you know we it's, it's a plug and play type situation. It's real easy. Very nice. Well, uh, I guess we can go to the website and get more information if we want to. Right, Trinity Sportsman's dot com. Trinity Sportsman Ministry. I don't have anything up. This is very fresh. Uh, I got a new flyer getting getting made this coming week and i'll have it on the uh 
Facebook page, Trinity Sports Ministry Facebook, and um, and then eventually the website right after that. Just, uh, we just got it on the on the calendar, so I want to let everybody everybody know to to plan for it. Very nice. Well, get out there, stay safe, and say hi to Mama for us, will you? All right, guys. Have a good one. See you, Dennis. Appreciate you. it, man. I got you. Uh, I listen, uh, John Brunson. Yeah. I need you to do something special for me in your best sultry voice. Oh, oh what the... I need you to do a shout-out and say good morning and hello to uh, Justin and Jesse. Can you, can you do hello that Hello to Justin and Jesse? Yeah, Justin and Jesse. Go ahead, Ray. Okay. Hello, just, was it Justin and Jesse? Yeah, Justin <laughs> and Jesse. Right. It's pretty easy. Uh, you're killing me. Hello, Justin and Jesse. What are you wanting to break into Barry White or what? Yes, I mean, exactly. I wanted to do a Barry White thing, you know, for Hello, Justin and Jesse. Justin and Jerry. Yeah. I do <laughs> Hi, Justin. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Jesse. Good Justin morning. and Jesse. Hope you have a great day at work. Today. This is okay. This is getting a little awkward here. <laughs> Justin is our, uh, used to be our producer on the show, and uh, we. Uh, no offense, knock, but uh, we miss him a lot. You can still hear his no voice. Offense. He was the guy who does all the sign parrot commercials and stuff for us. So, you know, he's got a great set of pipes and does very creative kids. So uh, he's out there driving and uh, he wanted to uh, say hi. <laughs> he's still texting me stuff that I can't, I can't read on the air. So uh, it's Uh-oh. all good. Uh, Stop it! Hey. Stop texting me on the Okay, radio. you have a, like a mute button on there, don't you? Yeah, you know what? I guess I could do that. Uh, <laughs> shutting them down. Hey! hey. It's kind of rude. He learns that in the second grade. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're in the studio today hanging out with uh, this guy that we've known for a very long time, uh, John Brunson from uh, Addicted to the Outdoors with John and Gina. And uh, the thing is, is... Like with anything in any successful business, and we're talking about a hunting show that's been out there for, what, 18 years, you said? Right, 18 right. years. And uh, I know you do a lot of stuff where you involve the kids, and you have creative children, and you're surrounded now with your own production company. And we were talking off the air that you're coming up with a new show. Uh, is there a title for it yet? Can we talk about yeah, it? Yeah, or? yes. Uh, Spear Life. I've been working on it for about three years. Um, show's going to be called Spear Life. It's uh, me and two of my buddies I grew up with. My Killing buddy, Hogs yeah, with Spears? No, Come on, no, that's no, awesome. That's awesome. We want well, that. We, we've done that, but it's uh, no, it, this is diving and spear fishing. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so all the water. So it's uh, my Which best friend, Kobe, my best friend from eight years old, is co hosting with me still. And he's, we've been friends all our lives. And Gary, another buddy of mine of 30 years. So. There's going to be a boys show where, where Dick is a couple show. This show will be a boys show, and it's me and two of my buds, and um, going to be you know traveling to crazy places, diving you know really cool wrecks, doing backstories on the wrecks, then going and hunting the wrecks, chasing a bucket list fish, checking out you know the local culture. But it's going to be you know a, a fun show. You know beaches, some pretty scenery, you know all that stuff. And, You're going to uh, get but, to kill a Goliath Cooper. Well, I hope one day. <laughs> I I'm, think. I, I think you'll have to go to the Bahamas for that because uh, apparently you're, it's not allowed to over here. On yeah, the, they, they uh, need to. They they really need oh, to. Oh, really? So yes, you're down there. You would no, know these things. Just we only Let got one minute. You, okay. When we when we when we're diving, sometimes we'll go down and they come through like herds of cattle. We'll have twenty Goliath grouper come by you. I mean, four or five hundred pounders, and you have to stick them with your gun to just push them out of the way. Okay. I mean, they're a nightmare. Listen, there are people who sit there and say. 
they're never they're not there. They're nowhere to be found. We may we may see one in thirty die. You're a liar, John. Uh, hey, I, hey, y'all I only got thirty seconds, so don't poke <laughs> this bear. Just and let yet. me tell you this: I we'll, we'll die of a small wreck, and if there's a handful of Goliath groupers on them, you won't see another living mm-hmm. thing. That's not true. That's they bad. only eat crustra- crust- uh, crustaceans, right, Bill? Yeah, that's that, that's that's the reported facts, and that's why there's no lobster in the bay. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, it's weird how that goes hand in hand, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of strange. But hmm. uh, well, hopefully, we'll actually get to watch you do one, maybe down in the Bahamas or somewhere where Costa Rica or something. Well, they keep talking about possibly doing like a draw, like no, a that's or over. Why, it's we'll done. talk about you know, the. If, are we having to go to break? Fixing no? to. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, because I, I'd like to talk to him a little bit more about that. That's why oh. I said let's not poke the bear just yet. Literally, you want right. you want to bring this up seriously? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. We'll start a fight. It's okay. If you want to get in it, it's not a fight. It's a discussion. All you East Coasters it's over there who uh, showed up in red T-shirts, why don't you give us a call and uh, step out of the closet and out of Mama's basement, you know, <laughs> and uh, give us a call 888-404-1010, 888-404-1010. Step up. Let's hear it. All right, we got a dump button. We're good. We'll be back. All right, here we are. Welcome back, everybody. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. Brayden, Jonathan, and Bill George are knocking the studio today. And our special guest taking uh, taking the uh, the special boy seat is uh, John Brunson from Addicted to the Outdoors. Special boy seat. Special boy seat. Okay, if you want to smack him, just say lean back. <laughs> Throw it this way. If you hear a whoosh and a smack, it's me hitting the floor. And uh, uh, we're in here today, of course, uh, Addicted to the Outdoors. One of the most successful uh, outdoor programs ever, really. I mean, seriously, an 18-year run so far. That's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, that's actually longer than... Uh, a lot of television shows that have been out there for. Oh, well, you're you talking know. about people now. You put him in the same line as you do with people like Jackie Bushman and all those guys with Buckmasters and Realtree Outdoors. And yeah, it's funny you don't yeah, think really. about it, but after 18 years, people walk up with us at the shows, and we'll be talking to the Drewries or whoever it is, and they're like, "Well, y'all are y'all are veterans in the business now." And like, uh, it seemed like just yesterday we were, you know, new, but yeah, 18 years flies by fast. Yes, it really does. And uh, you guys have been uh, very good at it and successful. And now, um, you know, as with anything, you know, you'd like to branch out and try new things. And before the break, we were talking about your new show. Uh, spear life is that what it is spear right. life yes and uh you're going to be out there spear fishing and doing all that kind of stuff around now are you uh using tanks or are you free diving how are you doing this crazy uh, stuff? We're, we're mostly tank diving just because we, we, we like to go down really enjoy the wreck and, and i'm a hunter okay i'm first and foremost so i like to go hunt fish um you know one of my best bud that's co-hosted with me gary zumwalt i mean he's the guy's a legend in the spear fishing world he's got like three world records on his wall from free diving um he's just a beast can hold his breath five minutes he's you know he's going down 150 feet i don't want to work that hard i mean you know i can see doing some you know we do do a little free dive and it depends like if we if we do uh bahamas we'll free dive but it's not my preference um it's it's one of those things that you have to train for it like anything else you know you have to train to free dive learn how to hold your breath work your lungs it takes work turn off switches well, in your brain so you don't panic yeah, and things and like that yeah yeah and you only have so much time like for me you know hunting is my first passion bow hunting and you know that's where i've put my you know tens of thousands of hours in to become a professional on the spearfishing side i love to spearfish um but i'm just i'm not going to you know 
the effort it's going to take to really become a strong free diver i don't see myself doing it I, we, we do a little bit of it but um i like putting on tanks and going down staying down 30 40 minutes you know yeah, we're, sure. in full, we're in full camos you go down you got 30 40 minutes down there depending on how hard you're working and well how and like you told me you can set up and just it's just like whitetail hunting you can set up and wait for them to swim by you just about basically. well you're, yeah you're stalking fish i mean look you know Dropping down and trying to get a shot on a big black grouper is like trying to sneak up on foot to a 180-inch whitetail. I mean, it's, you get one shot if you're lucky. Yeah. And, and there's tactics. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, we call fish to us. And they're like, what, like, like, they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, we, you know, we'll go to the bottom. And when you get off a structure, you're pretty much just white sand. So we'll get 10, 15 feet off a structure. We'll sit on, we'll sit on the ground. We'll scoop up, scoop up sand, sand and yeah. make a cloud, and then they'll come right out to you. And I mean, you're shooting them at, you know, two foot. They want to see so, what you're doing. Yeah. So there's, well, they think something's feeding. Hey, so, what's going on over there? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so there's, there's tactics. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do. It's hunting. It's hunting underwater. I try to tell people, and you know, bow hunters especially, I'm like, the best way I can compare it is, you feel like you're hunting a different planet, you know, a zero gravity planet looks crazy. Everything looks different. And, you know, it's like going and in. And you have predators that could eat you. Yeah. And you're on a decent, if you're on a decent dive, it's like going, you know, it's like bow hunting a different world, but it's like going in and shooting 10 or 15 bucks every time you go in the woods. Wow. So you get, you know, you can shoot multiple trophy fish. So it's just a different experience. And yeah, you've got those factors. I mean, big shark rolls by you, you know, the old pucker factors tightens up oh, a little. Sure. <laughs> so, but it's, you know, you just got to touch my leg. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, you know, but that's all part of it, you know, and it's, it, you just got to pay attention. Attention. I mean, it's like, hey, watch out for the shark. Is like, be careful, don't fall out of your tree stand. I mean, <laughs> we do these things. You got to be careful. That's true. Well, you know? Uh, well, you know, I know that. Uh, I got a, a one question. I know Bill George wanted to get into the Goliath Groupers talking all that stuff, but we were going to talk about the the politics surrounding the, the Goliath Grouper, and uh, you know how it's affecting things here in the in in the state of Florida. But it brought up an interesting thing, and I I never could understand. Bill George is one of the greatest advocates of trying to get more sportsmen to show up at these FWC meetings and all that kind of good stuff and do that kind of stuff. You would think that within the industry, especially in television, with so many successful uh, millionaires that are out there, you know, that are on TV and stuff. I'm talking about the, you know, the the Jordans and, uh, you know, all the real tree guys and all those people. Why aren't their voices ever heard? Why don't they ever show up or do a promo or come to an, a meeting like that in a state where they have a stake? Because as Bill points in, we're all stakeholders. And if somebody like you or Bill Jordan or Tyler Jordan or somebody came showing up and said, look, this bear hunt is a good thing. We would like to be able to promote more bear hunting in the state of Florida or do this or whatever. They have, have that star power show up instead of all these PETA people in red T-shirts we're being paid by a lot or whatever, <laughs> white T-shirts, and, and show up and being paid by PETA to show up in droves. I mean, one good celebrity endorsement type person or a whole industry that you see Hollywood, you know, the anti-smoking. Sure. You got every actor on TV. Anti-gun. Anti-gun, all that stuff. I don't – there needs to be a voice where that industry kind of comes together and supports – each individual state, you know what I mean, yeah. kind of helps out where they hunt. It, it probably boils down more to paying attention to what's going on. I think a lot of stuff goes on. We're running crazy doing all the things that we do, and they don't um, know. And, and we're and we're working on conservation from different directions. But then all of a sudden, something pops up 
you know, related well, to bears or Goliath grouper. And it's like, you know, it's not on our radar. If we don't see it, you know, a lot of times it's just being aware that, hey, there's going to be a meeting that, you know, those sort of things you've got to really educate yourself on, you know, like you have. So I live I live in it. Right. So, so, so for us, it's almost like someone like you, we don't have the time to go live that piece like you do so if someone were to say hey there's a meeting coming up and this is a really crucial meeting for goliath grouper that can really make a difference i I would think there'd be an interest for you know me or some of those guys to jump in on it but i think it's more of someone probably staying honest and making us aware of what's going on we're so busy with lives and running production companies and crews all over i mean i've got four crews out filming all over the country right now and you know, we get so busy with that between running crews, editing, and then traveling ourselves and all the stuff we've got going on. You know, we're it, it seems like we're deeply entrenched in certain aspects of, of the outdoors. And then there's other aspects that we don't really get to that maybe we should. Yeah. Yeah. And and with the Goliath and group, Grouper in particular, at this last meeting, there were so many people that came with the Save the Goliath uh, Grouper t-shirts that they all put on and got up to speak. But after listening to it, you know, I, I, I've here in the Tampa Bay area, you hear Goliath everywhere. They're Goliath everywhere. And, and after listening to some of the people down there talk, they're not seeing the Goliath like we're seeing the Goliath. So it's like when we look at a recovery plan for a state, it's the state. We, we got an overabundance of them. And I believe, I, I believe when you say you can go down there to a rec and see four and five and they're seeing one in 30 trips. You know, I'm not saying they're wrong. I, I believe it's inaccurate information. The, the thing with animal activists, those type of people, there's no flex. There's, there's no flexibility. You know, they believe what they believe, yep. and it doesn't matter what the truth is. You know, they, they their their bottom line is is they don't want to see an animal get hurt. Period. Okay, so they don't want to see one Goliath grouper get killed, even if there's a ton of them. You know, they're gonna they're gonna take their stance, and that stance isn't gonna change. It, it and, and even if you put facts in front of them and absolutely prove them, they're not going to change your mind. You know, they're they're it's you know they believe what they believe, and there's no flexibility. And and, and I'm in tune to those people, but in particular with the Goliath, there was some what I give credible scientists type like people who actually feed data into the FWC curtain current models that down in the keys and that they're not seeing the Goliath down there. And, you know, sometimes we have to put ourselves into the thing. I know what I know about my area, but I don't know everything about the whole fishery. Well, I can tell you this much. I brought that conversation up to a gentleman who was from the East coast of Florida. And I brought up the fact that, uh, as John, as you pointed out, Try to find some slipper lobsters or lobsters off the west coast of Florida, and they're 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 almost non-existent anymore. Right. Now you go over to the east coast of Florida, and there's spiny lobsters and lobsters all over the place. There's slippers everywhere, but there's not that many Goliath grouper. And I said, you know, that's kind of weird, isn't it? How that happens, and um, the numbers are down over there, but the numbers of lobster well, are up, and that's an industry. I know that the animal rights people like to say that the Goliath grouper brings in millions and millions and millions of uh, tourist dollars for people who want to dive down and see them. And I said, but there are millions and millions and millions of tax dollars that are put into lobster lobsters. Season. And, and if there's an industry for that, you don't think that those divers that are going down there are taking care of business on their own. You know, there are people down there that, you know, go down with a power head and come up with an empty one. You know what I'm saying? 
And uh, he said, dude, you would not believe how many times that happens on the East Coast. As a diver, he said, man, I've seen carcasses of, of Goliath groupers rolling along the bottom, you know, sharks feeding them and everything else like that. Because people will go down there and take it into their own hands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's again, we're down there swimming with them. You know that I mean that to me, we're getting you know we're down there looking at what's really going on. I can tell you, you know, on the West Coast, the Bay, you know, all the way down towards Sarasota, we 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 run into gobs of them. You know, my probably my favorite place in the world to dive and spearfish is Key West, and I can tell you down in the Keys. I will say I don't see as many in the Keys. Mm-hmm. We see them on big wrecks, but but I, we don't see them in the Keys like we see them off Tampa Bay and and you know out past Egmont. I mean, we get four or five miles offshore. We've got some cool wrecks and some big structures we dive, and I mean they are there. They're monsters. And, I mean, they, I mean, you know, we've even got video. I mean, a ton already of all the filming we've been doing. This little tiny wreck the size of this, these two rooms, and there's you know six seven Goliath grouper on them. Uh, well, we'll talk more about it when we come back from break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us. If you want to call, 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. We'll be back. Yeah. Crank it up, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, Bill George. And special guest, John Brunson from Addicted to the Outdoors with John and Gina. He's yeah. in the studio with us. We're beating him up off the air as well as on the air. <laughs> and I think that Glenn is calling in to tell us to take it easy on you. <laughs> How you doing, yes. Glenn? I'm doing all right, guys. Well, you, well, you know, you know, you, you come in here and you announce, i got to get out early because i got to get out of here. And then you're calling us and texting us every 15 minutes. Either you're going to be We're on the show or not talking about Palmettos. Leave us alone. He just can't help himself. Yeah, I know. So what's going well, on? I got caught up. I got caught up in that McDill uh, Airfest show. Oh, to it. so that's a big thing going on. But I was listening to you guys and uh, on that topic about the Goliath Grouper and where the where people are seeing them and not seeing them. If you recall, a couple of weeks ago we had a special guest on as well, calling in from down in Guatemala. Yep, uh, with Dave Dave Farrell from the uh, Insider Chevy Insider Fishing Report, Texas and Florida. Now and your name dropping. Marine biologist. Uh, well, he's a marine biologist as well, and as he pointed out, from the East Coast kind of guy, he's they see Goliath grouper, and uh, he he was in favor of at least a slot limit. Uh, so it, I'm hearing, you know, there's conflicting reports. You got people that say they're not there, or they saying they're not there because they just don't want to support uh, the agenda of having a opportunity for a Goliath grouper, or or they just. Uh, you know, the bogus information. But also, on that same note, as John mentioned, we all get busy in our day-to-day lives, whether it be uh, whatever we're doing for a living. But we all have a shared interest in what Bill George is actually doing, and it would do us all very uh, well to be in tune with those uh, meetings that come uh, come into play because it is the future and the opportunity to do what we enjoy doing uh, when we have that time to go in and enjoy the outdoors but that's my thought for the moment and uh y'all have a good day good show appreciate it <laughs> all right oh, and he's out again the voice from god and we'll, he's out and we'll talk to you in about 10 minutes after we make you mad it's all good thank you Glenn. and he's yeah, out you know what but he had a good point you know in the fact that uh i uh john you're under there you, you go under there we've had this discussion before with the guys from st pete open and uh bill hardman and uh he's with aquatica obsession and all that stuff and Teresa hardaway all these people who've 
lived, grown up here on the West Coast and go out on the water a lot like you with your new show, Spear Life. And the fact is, is that it seems like Bill George will tell you that the FWC turns a, a blind eye and a deaf ear to those who are down there wading through the Goliath grouper to go and see what they're looking for. The, those aren't the words I use. They don't know about all the stuff that you see because there's no feedback coming from that. Well, they don't know because we, someone's not doing their job. Well, the, this, well, they're being overwhelmed the, by those who are saying this, what you said. Well, it <laughs> doesn't, you can't kill them. They're beautiful but, but animals. Whoever's, whoever's legitimately responsible for setting those rules, they need to do proper surveys. They need to dive and they need to, they need to do proper surveys. Just like deer. I mean, biologists dictate. You know, bag limits when they come out with the bear hunt, how many bear they went and they, they, they check and get a really good head count, you know, that whether it's trail cameras, flyovers, you know, they, they go put their hands and boots on the ground, they figure it out and then they, they work up a quota that they know is right for the species. This is no different for Goliath grouper. Well, the people in charge of it should be diving and doing the true research. I mean, it's not hard to go out there and find a bunch of Goliath grouper. They're, but, they're not hard to find. Yeah. The, the problem with the Goliath grouper is. They they do stock assessments, and they do do numbers on how many are out there. The problem is the way that stock assessment is, quote, certified by being subject to peer review and everything else, we don't harvest any. And and part of the, part of the certification process or the validating the, the stock assessment is comparing it to can, harvest and when you have no harvest you can't get can, a valid can i just say it can i say it the, the one word that ties all this together data data yeah and There's. and they do and <laughs> and i will commend fwc on on especially the fwri people out there they do an incredible job out there and i would say they do a much better job than the feds or anybody else at knowing what's going on in the waters around the state of florida well, and, and the bottom line is, no matter what the species, when you're when when you're trying to take any animal off of any type of endangered or protected species, you know, like the, like the bears. <laughs> yes. Once they re, once the bears reach a point where they're like, hey, there's plenty of bears in Florida, we do need to do something about well, it. Well, anytime you're trying to take an animal that has been protected and take them off that, that you know, the animal activists are going to fight that harder than anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the bottom line. It's yeah. it's, a, it's the hardest thing, probably one of the hardest adjustments to make in wildlife is when an animal truly no longer needs to be protected, but making that transition because they stand behind that protection and they hold well, on. Once they've got, they yeah. Once they've, once they put their stake in the ground, right. they're not going to pull it up, but that's, it's like what you guys were saying earlier with, and we were saying this off the air and I said this to you and Bill is you dive in the keys and it's a different, it's just like any, it's like any habitat. Every habitat is different and every place is going to call for different management practices you can go to a place like that and say, okay, well, we got two or three on each wreck. That's what we want, you know. But then you go, like you said, you go out here in the bay with the Goliath grouper and there's 20. Well, okay, we need to go in there and thin out about 10 or 12 of those. And, like, it's just like with everything. The bears, you know, you could sit there and say it's the same thing with the state with the bears. You go down in South Florida, oh, there's not that many bears. There's not that many bears. So we maybe what well, I know there is, but I'm just trying to make an example here, Bill. Geez, God. Well, you should have well, said definitely north. more. Yeah. The more you head north. Yeah. yeah. You well, I mean, it's like you, you come in the shop that one time with me, and you're like, "Hey, look at this," and you hand me your cell phone, and on there's on a trail camera pictures a 600 pound black bear. I mean, yeah, and Bushnell. And and, and, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it, it's just it's stuff like that. It drives me crazy because. 
the data is there. The people should be there. Where's the predator management? There, I mean, there is none. That's you know. Yeah, Bill George, fix it. <laughs> no, it's not. And, but, I'm and, working on it. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Well, that way, <laughs> that way, hopefully, in the future, when the uh, the spear uh, life comes out and gets out there, then maybe we can get to see you go out and uh, whack one and whack one. Oh, uh, yeah. When is this all going to be on? Is it going to be on uh, your 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 favorite channel, or is it going to be on something different? Or this this where we should be present the networks we have interested in. We should be presenting everything to them in the next thirty days, mm-hmm. and then that's going to determine where we go. Um, right now, we're hoping. You know, Discovery uh, Channel, Travel Channel, History Channel. So we're trying to kind of we, we can always go to our networks, you know, the outdoor channels of the world. That's our bread and butter, and you know, we produce a lot of stuff for them. So it's a no brainer to go to that network. But we're trying to we're trying to hop the fence with a, with a project. You know, getting an outdoorsy type show on a little bit more mainstream, like a Discovery or Travel or History. Again, it's you get you get to a different audience and a bigger audience. You know, you're never going to hop that fence truly with a hunting show. You know, you're not going to kill deer and hop that fence. But for fishing, whatever reason, no one cares about a fish getting shot. You Isn't know? that amazing? It's amazing. So it's funny how animal activists will freak out over deer, but they don't really care if you shoot a fish. It's like uh, the the secretaries here at the radio station. They used to. Uh they used to rag all over me and Steve Austin when we'd come in camo, and they're like, "Oh, you're going out to go shoot Bambi?" And we're like, uh, "No, we're going out hog hunt." Oh yeah, I don't care about this. Well, right, right. You right, know, it's right. like they're ugly and they're dirty. You can go kill them. And you, you've made this comment to me before in the past too, and maybe it's something you can speak to, like the the swamp people and the Duck Dynasty shows and stuff like that. And I know me and you have talked about it. There's more like Duck Dynasty. You're sitting there showing Phil Robertson cleaning a catfish or skinning a duck or doing something like that, and you don't see that well, on the outdoor channel and stuff. Well, you don't it, see it anymore. Well, it's very it, it it's a it's a really funny thing. Our networks have become so sensitive yeah. to press to outside pressure that the our rules on what we can show and not show on pure outdoor television is ridiculous to some extent. You know, really? we can't, we can't, sh- we can't show skin and a deer on TV, but you can flip on. I was watching that, uh, Zimmerman show, the guy that yeah. eats all the crazy, the ball guy eats all the crazy food. Oh, yeah. I mean, I watched an episode on Travel Channel where the guy's riding in the back of a pickup truck with, with, a, with a gun over the top of the roof, stops, shoots a pig in Texas, brings it in, guts him, skins him on TV, yep. and shows how he's going to eat him. And I'm like, you know, it's gone from, it's, TV has gone so much into this reality feel that we've been we've been trying to tell our networks, you know, cleaning a deer now, you know, Travel Channel's okay with it, but you're not, you know. So exactly. It's, it's these are things that we push back on our networks because sometimes we feel like our networks get a little too sensitive to the pressure. But, but you know, and that's they, because and they t- you're and they on the radar. Yeah, but but I think one of the things is that's why people think we don't eat what we get because we don't show it sure. making it to the next step that's they true. sit there and say all you're doing is shooting it and then animals. it's then it's going away it's and a trophy you're nothing you're a trophy your blood sport that's and, all it is and, you just want to go kill to right. kill and i know for us and this goes for a lot of people i know uh you know gene and i we we eat everything we kill or we process it and we donate it to feed the hungry programs nothing goes to waste that's yeah. awesome man well and you know there's a lot of people who do that that go unnoticed i mean right. Uh, you have a lot of states where, uh, like Missouri and up in Pennsylvania and everywhere else like that, guys will go fill out their last two tags and they'll donate those two deer. Right. You know, they know their freezer's already full, their brother-in-law's got enough meat or whatever right. it is, and so we'll give, go give it to the church or go give it to mm-hmm. the food bank. 
and go do it all the time. Sure. Well, that's because that's the generous side they never show on TV. You know, it's all about you know you're just you're just a murderer, right? You're right. just a blood killing, thirsty, murderous yes, I am. son of a trophy hunter. Yeah. All right, we're uh, going to take a break. We're on the big and wild outdoors. We're brought to you by G Five Feet Outdoors and Brandon Ford. You're welcome to call the show if you want to get in on this four 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 no 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 eight 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 four zero four ten ten. That's eight 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 four zero four ten ten. We'll be back. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back. It is the Big Make sure and Wild. Make sure you can say that word on air. You can. Big, big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, Braden, Jonathan, Bill George, Knock, we're in the studio. <laughs> what was that? I couldn't Glenn's hear you. out a little bit. and uh, huh? It's safe. Our special it's a safe guest, word. Our special guest. You're okay. <laughs> Jonathan's talking with our producer. And dude, it's bad ready. when you got like a 130 pound soaking wet dude looking through the window like he's fixing the scissor kick hey, you man, in the you head. Don't, you don't mess with that guy, man. Sorry. Uh, gosh, John man. Brunson from Addicted to the Outdoors with uh, <laughs> John and Gina. And uh, he's in the studio. Uh, he's one of those little guys. He does kind of scare me. From <laughs> He's small and he's quiet. You know how it goes. I'm trying to keep it on the train. Trying, <laughs> You're trying. I'm, trying. I'm really trying to keep, keep it, it between the, the ditches, Jonathan. And uh, <laughs> uh, during the break, of course, we were continuing our conversation. Um, you know, I have to say that we've all grown up with it. You know, we started off getting up there early on Sunday or Saturday mornings watching Bill dance outdoors. And then, you know, uh, then you get uh, some other guys that come along and, uh, you know, Babe Winkleman and all those guys who, uh, you know, what were the Buck McNeely and all those guys who, you know, were on the. Uh, channel 44 or channel eight at three o'clock in the morning you know they always yep. put those hunting shows on really really early in the mornings and uh it, so it didn't interfere with regular programming and not upset anybody but of course now we have all these channels you know you got carbon tv you got outdoor you got sportsman's you got you know, world fed you know fishing network and everything else like that and it's so funny because those channels we were talking off the air they are literally laser targets for every animal rights group, for every you know animal advocate or whatever you want to call yourself. Those networks get more grief, but yet you have channels like um, Discovery Food Channel, Network, the Food Network, Travel Channel, Vice, one of the most liberal channels on the entire planet. You know that teaches you how to cook with marijuana. But yet, they also show that Canadian chef who goes out and kills moose, muskrat, geese, anything else up in Canada. Kill it, bring it in, skin it on TV, pull out livers and hearts and everything else and serve it and cook it and all that stuff and enjoy it. But they won't let you do that on outdoor networks. Right. And I just, why are, the, why are those two things not go hand in hand? It, that's eventually what's going to happen after you shoot it, Right. Yeah, right. it's, it's 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 reverse evolution. I mean, it, it, we our networks evolved to a point from pressure to eliminate certain things like skinning the animal on cameras, and that was you know those decisions were made you know twenty years ago, thirty years ago. A lot's changed in the last twenty years. So what's happening is you know reality TV has come into play, and a lot of these other shows. They just consider it reality TV. So we're going to show you how we kill this pig, and then we go through the whole process, and everyone, no one has a problem with it. It seems like our networks aren't realizing that. You know, they, they've made decisions that may have been the right decision 20 years ago, but now the times are changing rapidly. They're not changing with the times. I mean, there's no doubt we could show more of skinning an animal, preparing an animal, um, and it wouldn't be a hassle, but it's just they haven't come around to it yet. Yeah, the cleavers used to have separate beds. <laughs> well, you know, there are some there are some shows that do show you like 
they'll, they'll show you hunting and then afterwards they'll give you a recipe or something. I know Babe Winkleman's wife used to always show you a recipe on how to cook uh, elk stroganoff or something, but they never show you the process of going from from the field to the table. From hoof you know, to plate. Yeah, you know, which, I mean, it's, it's which, like all of a sudden it just magically cut itself into pieces and uh, showed up in the freezer. Which is the most important part of the process because, exactly. you know, like we do seminars, we get a lot of questions about a lot of things. And, you know, people always ask about gamey meat and what what affects it. And it is amazing how 99% of the people out there we do seminars and tell don't realize, I mean, how that animal tastes has a lot to do with a lot of things. But some of those things is how did he die? How quick did he die? How do you take care of it in the field? And then how you process the animal? You know, uh, you shoot a deer and he drops. He's he's going to taste better than a deer that ran 400 yards. That deer running 400 yards injured is building up lactic acids in his muscles, and you get a tougher game of your meat. So how quick the animal dies, how quick you prepare the animal, how you take care of that animal, how you you know cut out the tendons and, and different gamey parts. Don't touch tarsal glands and right. then touch everything. Yeah, on don't the bust it. Don't bust the, the don't bust the bladder yeah. on the yeah. meat. Exactly. Okay, because I mean, it gamies the meat up. So I mean, the thing is, is it's those are some of the most important parts of how to take it from the field to the table and make it taste delicious. You know what's funny is because you know Andrew Zimmerman, you know who goes out and eats all kinds of crazy weird, foods, weird stuff. Right? When he, you can't call that a reality show, but it's a, like a cooking show. But yet he'll show you. I've seen him eat raccoons. I've seen him eat possum, coyotes, anything else, uh, hogs, ducks, dove. I mean, you name it. And when they do the cleaning process, they'll tell you, okay, on a raccoon, you got to make sure you don't touch these glands. You know, right, you got to make right. sure you do these things and do that. So it's the, the most fu- important part. If someone truly wants to harvest an animal and then enjoy it, we're we're cutting out the most important part to how to go do that. Taking you know, care of it. You know what gets me is that. <laughs> That show is supposed to be about cookings and preparing. Well, that's what hunting is eventually going to be anyway. Well, it's not just about the, 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 the pursuit. It's about the, the end result and what you do with it afterwards. And if you if you don't go and take the time to show that, I think it's just ironic to me that an outdoor hunting network won't let you show the proper preparation of the, of your food, but yet you can go to Andrew Zimmerman or Vice or, or even Gordon Ramsay. For heaven's sakes. I right. mean, how many times have you seen him skin a rabbit, uh, you know, on television with his kids in his kitchen in England right. and then go out and shoot grouse and do all that stuff and prepare it right there in his own well, kitchen? Well, and the one thing I like about it, too, and this is something I've seen on a couple of your shows, and it's not just with the wild game, but with the, like you were talking about crabbing earlier. One of my favorite shows that y'all ever did was you, you took a bunch of kids out there and they so were catching, much fun. They were oh, catching crabs yeah. with a dip net. And then you took, you had, y'all had, I guess, can cookers. Can cookers yeah, yeah. You still had the can cookers right there. And you were given basically just doing a cooking, an impromptu cooking show on how to boil crabs. Right. And, Which they didn't have a problem with that. And, 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 and that's, <laughs> well, and that's yeah. what, but, and that's what I'm getting at is, is it's, I think it's, it's a part that people need to see, like what we're saying is the fact of not only the ability to skin the animal, but hey, like, he was saying it would be cool to say, "Hey, you know, this is the deer that I was skinning five minutes ago, and we're making." Right. But but they have, they have a problem with that. But they don't yeah. have a problem with you taking a live crab and just lowering them into hot water. Yeah, yeah boiling water, <laughs> right? Just boil them alive, and no one has a problem with it. No. I don't want to get off subject too much, but uh, I've never used a can cooker for crabs. Does that oh, work? Oh really man, good? they work like a champ. Is it, is oh, it a yeah. lot faster? I yeah, mean, we we take the kids out there crabbing. You know, we always have a, a blast. Do I go to the same spot my parents took me when I was a kid? That off Gandy, they get out there with nets and buckets and flashlights and and chase blue crabs. It's and, way we and, used and to they do just, it, man. And they have a blast. And old we, school. And we 
cook them. Yeah, we I usually set up a like a dual can cooker system, and I mean, I just that's a I great fired device. up right on the beach. What are you putting in there for that? Are you man, putting I Old put, Bay I, and I vinegar? Put a, and... Uh, I put I put apple cider vinegar. I put one beer, and then I put Old Bay in there. Never did and, the beer, and, thing. and then I drop I, I, I drop I drop the cat the crabs in and just let it steam till they're red, and it I mean, cooks them quick, and it's delicious. Really? Oh man, yeah. dude, that can cookers and uh, well, it'll cook on any heat yeah. source. <laughs> yeah, you I can know. put it on a you know open fire anywhere you know any type of heat source you can use those can cookers and it really just pressure cooks steams you know steams them available and, um, at g5 feeding outdoors by the way yeah. so uh, they're, no, they're, uh, they're, they're very handy <laughs> but I, i've never used those you know i always did the old-fashioned way you got to get the steamer you got to get it boiling you got to you know get it in there put them all in there and then it, lower it in and do it the it's old just fashioned a different way. way to cook and it's they're just it's neat and simple you know you can pile a bunch of stuff in there and kick it on once it starts steaming depending on what you're cooking it's usually you know well now i have a reason to, to buy minutes. one well they i, I laugh because i remember when they had the big push a couple of years ago and all you guys were doing it and t-bone and everybody else and we ended up buying one and Lori, she laughs at me because it's just like John said, it's great because like I like to do the low country bowls and we'll do cabbage and corn and sausage and and you can just throw it all in there, throw it up on the stove. Once it steams 30, yeah, 30 minutes, minutes yeah. you're ready to eat. <sighs> Sounds good. Eddie, you calling in with a recipe or do you have something to say? <laughs> <laughs> no recipe. I got a question for Mr. Bronson. Oh, gosh. It's a hypothetical question. He's traveled the world, hunted many different species. If he had only one hunt and the rest of his life he can hunt, what, what hunt would it be and where would it be at? And why? Okay. Well, you know what? You ask that question, he's going to give us a 20 minute answer, and we got to go to break. So, do you want to hang on and ask it again, or do you want to just take off and uh, let him answer it when we come back? What do you want to do? Let him answer it when we get back. All right. Fine. Thanks, Eddie. Am I going to let you go? See ya. Okay, bye. Yes, sir. Go ahead. All right. Get out of here. Right. See ya. Okay. (laughs) You're out of control. I know I am. I'm on my third mountain. He's he's taken off of the list that I haven't even gotten to yet. All right, well, we're going to take a break. Take a break. I'm going to go run five laps around the radio station. I'll be back. I'll be in a minute. I'd pay to see that. Someone take his soda away. <laughs> uh, who are we? Oh, yeah, we're the Big and Wild Outdoors. You want to give us a call? 888-404-1010. 888-404-1010. He's buzzing. We're going to uh, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Love you. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. <laughs> 